Hey everyone and welcome to Almost Cancelled. I am Peter and I am all on my own, which is weird. I'm not used to doing this on my own. Uh, but there was some demand to continue with Sharp Objects, uh, despite the fact that Connor wanted to, wanted to stop. Uh, there's only four episodes left, including this one, so I, yeah, sure, let's that's, that's, that's do Sharp Objects solo. Uh, and maybe in future I can do some other things solo, I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, the main format of the channel is still discussion, it's still multiple people, but um, I think in the odd case maybe we will do something like this where I can I can be on my own and uh, it'll maybe change how it flows a little bit, I don't know. But hey, so yeah, we're going to talk about Sharp Objects Season 2, sorry, not Season 2. See, I've already made a mistake. This is, this is, this is the bad thing about starting this sort of thing now. Anyway, Sharp Objects Episode 5 is called Closer. And so full spoilers for the episode as always, as, as per usual on the channel. I think my first thing I want to say about this is I'm glad I watched this one. I do think this was actually a pretty good episode. Uh for the vast majority of it. I do have to bring a bit of negative criticism into the opening, not because the opening itself is bad, but because there was like a little stigma I had to get over to start enjoying the episode, because the the last episode ended with that big cliffhanger where it was kind of delirious, and we did question like how much of what Camille saw at the end of the last episode was real. Was seeing Amma on the road real? Was seeing Amma's body in the shed real? how much of any of it was real. It turns out absolutely none of it was real. None of it. She wakes up in the house, Amma's running around, it's a Colhoun day, um, more on that <laughs> in a minute, but so none of that actually happened. So I have to call a little bit of bullshit because I feel like last episode was definitely the the, the weakest episode I think of the, the, of the series and I think the ending was the one thing that kind of perked it up but it turns out in retrospect that the ending was kind of I don't want to say a cheat, that maybe feels a bit harsh, but just, it's nothing. Like, it never, like, amounted to anything. And I, I get you can argue it's Camille's concerns and worries now that she's heard that, you know, Amma used to be, be friends with the victims and things like that, but, um, and it's the, her, her anxiety kind of culminating and piling on, but as a TV show, as a cliffhanger to, to the end of an episode, it's just kind of bullshit to go out on that on that clear threat that something's bad bad has happened to her in some capacity, if not actually in the shed with the bodies, but uh, out there in the, the road at night in front of the car, whatever. But none of it happened, so I did have to go over that a little bit to get into it. Once it actually got going, though, this episode might have a couple of the best scenes of the entire show. It's still true that the the the, the case itself, the murder case, isn't advancing a super amount, but. I did feel that in this episode, the tension in the town, you know, from the case, the you know, tension that's been caused by the case, was very much a big factor. So as much as there wasn't much advancement in terms of, like, you know, plot beats, if you will, the actual tension was felt in the, in the scenes in the party and the barbecue, and because of that, um, I didn't feel like it was lacking in the same way that I did last week's was. Uh, just, you know, it's just the way... Um, because it felt like it was still important in this episode, I guess is what I'm saying. Whereas last week it felt like it was just kind of like killing time almost. That's what it felt like to me anyway. Uh, whereas this episode, I felt like the, the tensions, there was a moment in the middle of the episode where as well the plays on and, we, 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 you know, Jackie's sitting there, Adora's sitting there and everyone's kind of looking around at each other and Camille's there and Detective Willis is there. Uh, the chief's there, like, everyone's around, and everyone's looking around, they're looking around at John Keane, they're looking at Nash, they're, you know, everyone, this, the entire town is at this barbecue thing, and they're all looking around, waiting for the the the, 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 the tension to, to boil over. Uh, so, 
no, I, I thought that worked quite well, but, you know, the, the scene that really stuck out, the scene that grabbed me early on here, so they go for, they're dressing up for this, this day, and there's a really great scene actually early on with Amy Adams talking to her editor, uh, probably the most touching of a conversation they've had up until this point, where she actually asks him, uh, you know, am I a bad person, she, she asks for reassurance, and he asks to, like, you know, it's felt a little bit paternal here or there with them up until now, but this especially felt like, no, 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 he needs to step in and play dad here, and he needs to give her advice, and she's crying over the phone, and it kind of it kind of hit me a little bit, and she wants to try and help Amma uh, with the lines. Amma's going to be in the play as the as this, uh, like, I guess it's Calhoun, I think that was her name specifically uh, from the story. Uh, we find out what that exactly that story was later, but she's running lines with with Camille, and Camille's like, oh, I forgot how creepy this play was, and you know, Adora just like, oh no, it is what it is, let let it go. But and well, I just sort of let that pass at the time in the scene when I actually found out what the play was and what the story this was that they were celebrating. I then really began to question Adora's comment of just, oh, it's just you know, it's fine, it's just, you know, no. um, and actually. Amma brings up that she tried to, uh, that Adora tried to have something changed, and Camille cracks a, a almost like a joke where she's like, "Oh, you're a feminist now," uh, like she's surprised that she would in any way like speak against the traditions, regardless of how sexist it may be or how dark it might be. Because uh, when we get to this play later on, it's the town is celebrating like a, a union wife or a wife like of a of a confederate, but the the wife was originally was a Yankee originally and. The Union soldiers came for her and they tied her to a tree and tortured her, raped her and whatever else, but she she never gave up. She never like, gave them the information they were after. So she's seen as a hero, like a, a town hero in folklore. And then eventually she was saved, but you know, she lost her baby, she was pregnant. Um, so later on in the episode, there's literally this, this play on, on stage where Adora is looking up at her daughter playing a rape victim, a gang rape victim uh, on stage. And is I mean it's ridiculous on stage like they're 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 showing this by having some of the 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 teenage male actors just kind of you know shake his butt <laughs> back and forth essentially that's this is what's happening and the tr- and she's looking up and just like you know I don't want to say adoring and that feels like I'm I'm cracking a pun but it's just kind of like man this is this is that's, that's maybe the sickest scene because um, Adora has some pretty bad scenes in this episode in terms of like her being an awful human being after this episode i i officially hate her as a person as a character sure she's interesting as a person she is a vile individual um but her looking up and being proud as her teenage daughter is playing a gang rape victim uh, as if this is something to cherish uh i mean it sums up just how batshit insane this town is in a lot of ways right uh, and the crowd are all cheering this is what their day is to celebrate you know, Camille points out, oh, my backyard's about to be, you know, infested with Confederate flags, and, you know, the editor's like, yeah, you use that, yeah, dig into that, like, talk about this, this crap, and uh, everything they're into, so, that, that, that's kind of, so anyway, the scene I was getting to is, Camille's like, no, you're not, you know, to, to Camille, uh, sorry, Adora says to Camille, if you're, you know, if you're coming to this barbecue thing, you're not wearing that, you're going to wear a dress, so, it's like, I'm taking you out, we're going to go on a field trip to get you a, a dress, and it feels like, Amma and, Amma and Camille are almost bonding a little bit until Amma gets the, the email or whatever that links to Camille's story, which has finally went out. We heard it was going to be published. It took an extra episode than I thought it was going to, but it's finally been published. And 
she's upset that she's not heard about any of this before and she's upset that you know the, the article implies i mean people we, we keep hearing that people in the town are reading into it specifically saying it's either nash or, or john keen um and all it really says is from what we hear is that it's it's uh someone local it's someone in the town it's not a stranger it's not an outsider it's someone in the community but of course this community is obsessed with its its image obsessed with how it looks and because of that they're offended by this insinuation even though you know all willis is trying to do is catch the real killer that's that's what he's there to do um and but they they see her as printing this as a as an offense and ama gets kind of pissed that she wasn't told about this um especially when camilla starts to kind of push about you know you you were friends with these girls and she's like yeah like a while ago but you know i don't like to think about them because i wasn't friends with them anymore once when they when they get killed but they go out to the 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 store and adora picks like three dresses and says hey try on these and the 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 employees like taking her to the changing room and as she's walking up to the changing room she grabs uh another dress like camille says hey i want to try this one and it's one with long sleeves because the one that adora has picked are all just these like, sort of thin strap dresses, right? So here's the thing that I thought was impressive about all this, before we even get to the, the, the meat of this scene, is that even in the build-up, even when they were in the car and like the two sisters were in the back seat, and it, it almost felt that they were kids again. It's, 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 I mean, obviously, Am is still technically a kid, but like she's an older kid, and Camille, obviously, is you know in her, in her 30s, uh, late 30s even. So... But they're sitting in the back seat, and I, even I got flashbacks of being in the back of the car as a kid, um, being taken somewhere you don't want to go. Uh, but the real tension from it was like, wait, she's taking her for clothes shopping. This is like one of these things where, this is the sort of thing she has to like be careful about and hide because of her scars, because of her her self inflicted wounds. This is the sort of thing where she has to, it has to be very personal. She's worried about what someone might see. And of course, that's just highlighted by the fact that she picks another dress that does have sleeves, that does have, uh, you know, more of a covering, you know, basis, whatever you would call it. And she gets in the, the dressing room and she she takes off her top and she's got scar, you know, she's she all all the words and stuff. But she feels very vulnerable, and I that, I connected to this in a very weird way actually. Um, that that this, I mean, I don't have anything like this specifically, but just the, the idea that. There's something that you don't want anyone, you know, a- anyone else to know, and there's maybe a subject or there's a place you could go that would that might bring it out, that might bring the fact that you can't do something, or might bring the fact that you can't, um, I don't know, whatever it is, right? Um, like I connect to that really well. Um, I can't even think of an example, and even if I could, <laughs> would I want to share the example? I don't know. But you know, it's like, oh, I hope that doesn't. You know, that can't come up. I can't be a part of that conversation because then I can't hide the thing that I'm trying to hide. Right? I think we've all probably been in that situation in some way. It's very easy to not be suspicious about something if the, the if nothing ever comes up that leads to it. But this is like in the danger zone. This is in the area where her exact problem might come out. And then, of course, it turns into a proper horror scene where her actual shirt that she's got up in the, the door gets taken away. Adora is the one who takes it away. And then Amy Adams is in there. This is some of the best acting of the, the episode is uh, Amy Adams begging for her clothes back over and over again. And Adora deliberately kind of ignoring her and just sort of saying, I'll oh, put on the dress, put on the dress. To the point where, in a moment of defiance, Camille just opens the door. She doesn't put on dress. She just opens the door. She's in her underwear, 
and Am is standing right there. I mean, because the bit that hit me the most when she was saying, Am, I go and wait in the car. And she says it like three or four times. She really like keeps saying it. And she's determined to get her to go and then she won't. And then she's like, well, if this is what you want, I'm going to do it. And she opens the door and Amma sees it all. Um, and, it, you know, it shocks Amma. Amma had no idea, seemingly. And later on, she even tries to apologise for being kind of mad at her and kind of poking the bear with the article. Because she brings up the article in front of Adora, which, you know, again, pokes her into like, being kind of uh, uh, aggressive, argumentative, uh, confrontational. Um, and it also brings up uh, Camille's father, who she kind of she mentions in passing to the, 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 the store worker, as if it's nothing. Oh, she gets her, her complexion and temper from her father. And Camille says, that's more than you've ever told me about my father. And then she tries to talk to her about it. You know, she says that to her. And she's like, oh, no, we're not talking about this or whatever. You know, she, she, she sort of fobs her off. And then she finally brings it up. When when Camille comes out of the, the dressing room and we see all her scars, she says, um, it's worse than I remember. And I think the dialogue here is very, very important. She says, it's worse than I remember. And Camille says, um, well, you weren't there at the end. It's like, and she's like, so it's over. It's like, yes. And and Adora responds with one of the worst things. And she actually tops it later in the episode. Well, arguably. I don't know. This one might be worse, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. But she says, it doesn't matter. You're ruined. All out of spite. And then she says, that was your father. He was all spite. That's what you took from him. Um, So... Like, the idea of her saying, well, it doesn't matter that you've gotten better, you're a lost cause, you're ruined. Uh, that That is, like, one of the most hurtful things that you can say to anyone, never mind your own mother saying it to you. Um, and then, you know, Camille goes into the dressing room and screams into the dress. Like, the, the, this entire scene was ten... This was almost a horror movie, but, but for, like, social interaction. This was a horror movie of social interaction, this, like, you know, five, ten-minute sequence of the dressing room. The, the build-up to it, the dressing room, and then the confrontation uh, at the end of it. Uh, and then she wants to leave. This is, I mean, this may actually be when she's on the uh, the phone again. This is, as I, I was, I think I was combining two phone call scenes actually with the editor, because then she's like crying on the phone, and he kind of like he, he even says at the end, you know, do you want to come home? And she's like, no, I'll see this through. Uh, but you know, he does the dad thing. He he he's like, no, you're you're a good person. Um, you may be a bad reporter. You know, he tries to crack some jokes, and it's kind of sweet. Uh, but Amma apologizes, and she's like, no, I didn't know about this, and she's like, did it hurt? Uh, and she, she actually there was a funny line here where she says something like um, she's, she describes one of some of her friends that might be like this or something like that and uh, Camille says oh your friend sounds like an after school special and then Amma says what's that and I thought oh that's funny because I know what an after school special is admittedly though I don't know if I ever actually had them when I was a kid I think that was something that was maybe dying out um when I was a kid, so it kind of makes sense that a teenager now wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't even know what one is, but it's just funny to me. I, th- I think what's funny to me about it is that I think there's a lot of things from before my time that I still know about just because I watch a lot of movies and TV, specifically older movies and TV, so I get a lot of things from context. Like, I, I mean, I shouldn't really know what a Betamax is, but I know what a Betamax is. I'm well versed in the history of VHS versus Betamax just because I'm, A, I'm interested in the topic, but B, just because I watch enough movies and TV where they bring it up that I understand what it is from context. Um, so it, it always gets me when a teenager doesn't know something that I, I thought was like ridiculously common knowledge but then there's, there's some things that I also don't know that other people would probably think is common as well so whatever I mean who am I to judge uh, but it cracked me up it, it cracked a smell at me so the, the rest of the episode is pretty much or for the most part is the is the actual barbecue and Amma gives her address one of hers that's got long sleeves and 
there's so much like everywhere uh, Camille goes in this episode in this barbecue she's like you know there's some guys that talk to her try and flirt with her and you know Willis comes up and sort of helps her out of the situation there's the the, the friends who the, the quick little flashback shows were probably the other cheerleaders when she was a cheerleader and they clearly look down upon her it's, you know it's got that, that that fake friendly thing going for it the guy who's playing the piano and arranged the the play is uh, seemingly the head football player that was in the you know in the, the the childhood sex scene with Camille in the woods. He was one of the football players, and he tries to like talk to her and says he was thinking about her a lot. And but just the idea that he's the one who arranged this play that's about the the town history, celebrating this this woman who survived through gang rape and how how he's like you know he's just playing piano. He's being cheered for like arranging this, but he also committed this act. Um, you know, I mean, again, as consensual as it may or may not have been, they're underage, and you know, it, it kind of like again, it goes back into the sickening kind of like, what does this town value? The idea that he probably thought this was okay to an extent because the town celebrates shit like this, uh, it it really like calls into question the the just the, the 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 corruption of the town. They they think they're this perfect little community, but they 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 are promoting some dark shit. Um, with everything they have, I mean, obviously, on top of the fact that they're just you know flying Confederate flags around and you know celebrating the South and all the rest of it, which happily Willis points out, uh, cracks some jokes at the expense of that, um, which I did appreciate. <laughs> I need I needed someone, I needed a window to you know someone to act as a window to like call out the the Confederate celebration, if you will. Um, so, so, you, know, some, I, you know, I need some character that I can bond with in that, that I can root for. Um, so a couple of little notable things I want to mention here. Obviously, there's a lot of tension with Nash and John Keane and looking, and obviously John Keane's girlfriend's another one that comes up to Camille. She's constantly being, like, grabbed and talked to, like, from every direction. Uh, another really great tense sort of section was when uh, Adora takes Willis into the, into the house and then it feels like she's like Adora's like playing the game here. It feels like she's making sure that Am is somewhere and that Camille's elsewhere, and she's probably going to tell him about her scars and you know almost try and sabotage the relationship before it can begin. And it turns out she doesn't. But there's a lot of tension in the build up to that, like Camille getting to the house to try and intervene to try and stop it or or whatever. Um, and afterwards she's trying to like you know. But there's these little sweet moments. There's that little jokey moment where. Uh, he's like, oh, is there anything she should have told me? And she's like, oh, you could take advantage of me when you're drunk. And he just like casually hands his beer to her, and it makes her laugh. It's like a sweet, it's a genuinely sweet little moment. Um, they actually have some chemistry that's building here or there, which is which is nice to see. And you know, this is such a otherwise dark and seedy uh, world that this this show kind of gives us. But so here we get to the play, um, and obviously I want to point out that the kid, the kid who claimed that he saw the woman in white. Uh, steals a like a bottle of beer or something at one point uh, from one of the, the the stalls, and then later on at, at the end of the play we see that Nash and John Keane like Nash has attacked John Keane and he's on top of him he's like oh you killed her you killed her and he's fighting so obviously everyone you know Willis and the 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 chief go up and go up and grab him and break it up but as this is happening you see the kid who stole the beer and stole, said that he saw the woman in white he's running away from that general di- direction and he runs into Keen's girlfriend and then keeps running now I don't know what that how important that is over 
you know, in the, the grand scheme of things, did the kids say something that maybe helped? I mean, it didn't seem like he needed to. It seemed like, you know, Nash was, like, raring to go. He was raring to go fight him anyway, but, like, I'm wondering, like, you know, if there's something more specific to, with the kid involved there. Uh, we should also mention that Ama, during this performance, was on ecstasy and was completely high off her head. Um... It's funny because Connor kept complaining about the the, the, the overuse of sound, like uh, in terms of like just you know noise, in terms of the background noise, and it is like really strong in this episode again. But I noticed they took a lot of it away when it was her POV during that 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 performance uh, to sort of show how sort of high she was that she wasn't really like taking anything in, and that was kind of effective. It kind of worked. I do think they were overplaying the, the noise thing here or there though in the episode. I mean, it doesn't bug me as much as it did Connor, but I definitely was noticing it uh, in places. So, yeah, and then Ama kind of sneaks away during the commotion, and then Adora immediately starts wailing and crying. I, I thought it was a bit quick to be concerned that she's really, truly lost. But, uh, you know, and Camila, like, mentions her second phone, and Adora just kind of, just brushes past it, like, oh, what are you talking about? There's no second phone. And that's all it really comes to. It's, again, it's this idea that she keeps willingly ignoring things. Um and you know we get all these things there's a because there's a scene early on actually just this reminds me because she, she shows willis the room with the floor that's made out of uh, ele- uh, elephant tusks that she's very proud of but of course um uh <laughs> of, of course most people now uh, would scoff at such an idea um as as, as would i really it's just it's, it's a bit pointless and cruel just for just so you can have a fancy floor uh, but we get a flashback of young camille and I actually thought this was going to be a really dark place at first. I thought this was showing that she was flirting as a teenager, like as a young teenager with the, 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 the photographer who was there to take this photograph for the, the magazine. Uh, which, by the way, I, I saw and read it afterwards. I had a quick glance. Uh, the photograph of the magazine on the wall didn't have Camille in it. It was just her little sister with her mum. And uh, that, you know, that just added on to, to Adora's whole thing. But... Yeah, so the, the the idea of this floor being sacred and there's a you know she she drops the bottle you know the, the, the bottle full of vodka or it's empty at this point I think but she, and she has to kind of lean in and grab it and not step on the floor, um, yeah. So I mean every everything about this I mean the, the idea that she she's happy she's got a floor that's built off of off of misery. I mean I don't I mean hell I'd, I'd kind of describe the South as kind of in that lines as a whole, but um, she she like. Yeah, so, so they go looking for Ama, and they do find her relatively quickly. They find her in the shed, uh, Camille does it specifically, and they bring her back, and she's in bed. And it's after this where Adora, like, asks Camille to go out for a drink on the porch. And they're, they're, they're sitting out there, and it almost feels like, for the first time, Adora might be honest and genuine. And she is honest and genuine. And unfortunately, the honesty that comes out of her mouth is really hurtful. Uh, she's like you asked about your father. Uh, that spite, that coldness, that distance—that's that's where you get that from. That's you were born with that because you came from him, and that's why I never loved you. And I hope that's a comfort to you. <laughs> I never loved you. I hope that's a comfort to you. So I think the you're ruined might be worse actually. If I'm really thinking about it, I, at least for, 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 I don't know. It's debatable. You, you can go either way, but this is equally. In the same, you know, it's in the same ballpark. How awful this statement is, and I think the acting here. I, I mean, I think obviously, 
Um, Patricia Clarkson's done a fantastic job as as Adora. Uh, the way like the like earlier on the episode when she comes out for the first time into the into the party into the the barbecue, and like Jackie's trying. Which by the way, Jackie totally knows some stuff. Like she is keeping some things close to the chest. She she the way she was glancing around and keeping an eye on things, and there was definitely some clear implications that uh, the chief and Adora have a bit of a thing. Uh, you know, there was a line from Jackie about all oh, those girls know like the the boys with the badges, and then later on the the chief was you know he was kind of glancing at her and he looked very concerned when she was talking to Willis as if he was jealous and his wife noticed this as well. Uh, so I think that's what I liked about this episode is that once the barbecue got going, I really felt like there was lots of things moving and I kind of like knew I understood how they all connected and it felt like a almost a bottle episode in a way with lots of moving parts but cool i'm going to stop and take a drink for this is the problem with doing this on my own is i can't stop and take a drink naturally whilst connor or whoever's talking so bear with me so so yeah i liked i liked all that stuff at the part i actually this is one of the best episodes just purely in terms of um how all the characters build the mood of the town uh so much has been well established at this point that i feel like it was all kind of clicking once the the barbecue got going uh, and then this scene, you know, uh, and I think I was, I was talking about Patricia Clarkson's acting. I think Amy Adams, who's been great throughout, has been great th- specifically throughout this episode. The look in her face when when Adora says it, and I don't think it's a surprise because I, I think she's felt unloved her entire life. I don't think it's a surprise that she, that she, that Adora feels this way, but I think there's still a shock in actually hearing her say it. Like it's 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 like this, you know, confirmation. This confirmation. Um, that she never expected to get. So I think it's a real mix of emotions. I think there's the pain. I think there's almost relief probably mixed in there somewhere. And she goes off to, to Willis and we end the episode with um, uh, a very um, explicit sex scene. And I, I think Camille, uh, Adora also said to Camille, you know, he's going to find out when you get close. And Camille responds to that by saying, oh, I don't get close. Uh, that doesn't happen. But after this, she needs to not be alone. She she needs connection. Um, I mean, I think we could analyze it a hundred different ways as to exactly the feelings that, that drive her to go and seek comfort. But she has been bonding with him, and that she has been connecting with him, and there's been chemistry. It makes sense she would seek him out. She's she's he's arguably the the only one in town, maybe other than Jackie, but she's not going to go Jackie for that. Uh, who doesn't come with baggage because I feel like that was the other thing going through it around the barbecue with her, you know, her you know fake friends coming up to her. Uh, Jackie and Co talking to her, um, the guys talking to her, the, the one specifically, the, the football player who'd had sex with her in the woods. All all of these characters, all of them were like baggage. All of them were like, this is the past I wanted to get away from. You know, um, so, and again, the emotion in the phone call, her thinking it's her fault, her thinking that this place makes her feel like she's not right, um, everything else, all that was great. And then the reaction from Adora to, to you know, when Adora said what she said, I think was really really strong and really really hit home um, and then the scene itself obviously the sex scene itself again it's very particular she she kind of strips him down um and you know uh he, he's getting ready as it were and they end up on the bed but she turns out the lights she insists that they do it her way and she, she makes sure he doesn't take off x amount of clothes her her legs are exposed we, we you know that's one of the things the camera focuses on actually during the scene is whilst you know the, the thrusting is going on and the sex is happening there is a, some close-ups of her thigh where the words are and it's kind of you know uh, so that was really effective um and and what it was doing um so 
yeah, it's, it's very, very raw, very emotional, and I appreciate the ending just for the fact that it it wasn't like a bullshit cliffhanger. There's nothing about this ending that's bullshit. That this was an emotional culmination of the episode for Camille, and nothing more. There was no like stupid cliffhanger that might not mean anything next week, and that's kind of cool. That's that's good. That, that I feel like that's res- that respects the audience a little bit more, and doesn't feel as cheap. And yeah, all the stuff at the barbecue I thought was really good. The, the way everything was interwoven and connecting to Camille or Adora or Ama, um, was really good. Um, the, the idea that you know, for a second on the porch, I almost thought that Camille might give give some advice about about Ama. Like, hey, as someone who was messed up as a teenager, as someone who went through a lot of stuff maybe I, I understand why she's acting out like this and again adora just kind of like flippantly goes ah oh, she's just been a teenager she's just been a teenager she'll be fine um leading to disaster is what i'd say this is all leading to disaster and um i think it's going to blow up by the, by the time we move further on um so yeah and we'll we'll, we'll see uh we'll, we'll see where it goes in terms of um, like who the killer is and all that stuff. There wasn't much to sort of go on in this one. Obviously, we had some red herrings last episode, but we'll see. So, no, I thought this was a solid episode. I'm kind of glad I watched this one. I thought this was easily one of the best, maybe even the best episode of the show so far. It felt very focused. It felt very tight. Everything felt like it was popping based on the build-up that we've had in the previous episodes. So, it was just the the, the, the first couple of minutes I had to get over the fact that the, the cliffhanger last week was just bullshit. But once I get past that... That dressing room scene, the scene in the porch, and then generally the whole barbecue, to be honest. The, the tension as it was building and people were looking around uh, was, was really good. So uh, that is episode 5 of Sharp Objects. I will be back next week with episode 6, Flying Solo. So look forward to that. And let me know how you th- if you thought this was okay. If you're used to watching uh, this channel as, as a, with two of us or three of us talking about something... Um, if some solo things here or there would be uh, would would be in you know would be a cool idea, uh, and would be appealing, uh, let us know. Especially if it, like, it means a few more things get covered that otherwise wouldn't. But hey, so that is that is that. If you want to support the channel and support everything we do here and keep more reviews and stuff coming, head over to Patreon.com/slash/MailFuzzTV and you can support us over there for as little as a dollar a month and get some bonuses for your for your troubles. Uh, of course, if you can't do that, don't feel too bad. You can like, subscribe, comment. All of that helps. Turn off ad block. Watch the ads on YouTube. Let them play. Uh, all of that helps. Uh, it really does. So thank you very much uh, for watching. Get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. You can get me personally on Twitter at wibble89. Uh, but otherwise, that is us. So thank you very much once again for watching or listening. I always appreciate it. Keep watching TV, guys. Have you got any vanilla?